every chapter a gem, truly. Um, as as here we can see, you know, Sora Mao is uh, really kind of taking on value theory, value form theory, really starting to look at some fundamental questions about value creation, production, extraction um, in capitalist political economies, but also largely as a way to look at how value as this how how value as this abstract kind of social force as well exerts imperatives and pressures, puts demands, compels, if you will, um, people to behave in specific ways, uh, you know, through either the, you know, the drive to accumulate uh, and capture as much value as possible, or the pressure to produce as much value as possible um, as this kind of necessary function um, in in a society that is organized around the the continual production and capture of value, um, and so you know Mao I think is doing some really interesting theorizing here. I mean, one really clear stuff as well is, is as is like the the theme with Soren Mao's work is it is just like so philosophically clear such nice analysis i mean i i just walk you know regardless of the uh, the arguments that he himself is putting forward i just feel like i walk away from every chapter with like a clearer understanding of like the fundamentals of um of marxist philosophy marxist political economy um and and for that is its own value uh <laughs> coming from this book for sure um but here mao is also really kind of you know joining up this this kind of theorization of value and analysis of other kind of uh, value form theory in in Marxist work um, with his own analysis of this kind of mute compulsion of social reproduction um, of looking at how you know the conjunction between value and power here and that's I mean I think I've said it before on the podcast but this is how I've like really started you know succinctly kind of getting my elevator pitch when I have to like explain to people the kind of work that I do or how I do work or like what is political economy and like what's that have to do with technology and so for me I've increasingly just been t- like explaining it as I do political economy what that means is I look at the relationship between power and value right and 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 how technology for me you know kind of materializes and mediates that relationship but ultimately that's the relationship um I think that you know a, a lot of people who study political economy whether it's explicit or not that's the relationship that we are most interested in is that be relationship between power and value um and how that that single social relationship um and all of its complexity of forms and manifestations really uh, shapes so much of what we do, why we do it, how we do it, as well as what is done to us and why and how. Um, and, and so I think that is as well, like Mao's, I think really kind of drawing out that relationship here too, is as one that is obviously crucial to understanding the relations that are at the core of, um, economic power of this mute compulsion. And you know, and, and and to your point, kind of talking about how large and interconnected these chapters are, it also does pose a problem in trying to think through. Okay, well, like, how do we want to slice up 
the sections because I think, you know, as necessarily, of course, each subsection is sort of like a step in building up, especially in this chapter and the next chapter, right? Because those two are pretty closely interlinked and trying to think about theories and conceptions of what happens to laborers and to proletarians and in both outside the market, inside the market and after the market, right? You know, I think uh, I'll try to kind of branch together or maybe that early tranche where where he's kind of thinking about the theory of value, right? And looking at Marx's theory of value. And, you know, in the immediate section after where he's trying to, or before, right, where he's trying to think through horizontal relations, right? Trying to think through this this categorization of how we're supposed to understand production um, and, and distribution, right? What's the relationship between producers to the means of production and the relation between those who control the means of production and those who do not, right? You know, so, so he establishes, right, we have this vertical class concerned with surplus exp- uh, extraction, you know, as Robert Brenner puts it, these relations between the exploiters and the direct producers, and that this is typically what we think of when we think of capitalist relations in terms of exploitation exploitation in terms of class, you know, producers being separated from the means of production, which are centralized, he writes, in the hands of a capitalist class, thus placing it in a position to appropriate surplus value produced by workers. You know, as he kind of fleshes out in earlier chapters, there's a conception uh, that he's trying to build here of capitalist class domination, right, that is a bit more expansive and is not as one-sided as this vertical conception. And ho- and as he talks about, and as Brenner talk about, talks about, there are horizontal relationships among the exploiters themselves and the direct producers themselves. And Marx understood this and hones in on this and thinking about two categories of them and two categories in which they you know can be demonstrated and theorized about. There's value and there's competition, right? And the theory of value is thinking about how, you know, labor is constituted, how it's validated and how it's socially validated, right? How we can rationalize it when production is run privately and independent of the worker, right? Um, You know, how can we analyze the relationship between the productive units and not the actual internal structure? Um, And as, and as, uh, as Mal, you know, writes at a later point in the analysis, the private and independent producers of which capital one of cap uh, chapter one of capital speaks turns out to be the capitalist enterprises producing surplus value by exploiting labor. 